Broadcasting live to the world now, it's Sheila Zelensky. This is a very sinister Luciferian eugenics plan. These spineless weasels preach what people want to hear. They replace repentance with dreams of the good life. Mindless minions. Dying daily, taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. And as dark as I know it looks out there, the good news is that God is advancing his kingdom. And it's very exciting to be a part of his great commission. It's Sheila Zelensky. The Sheila Zelensky Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, End Time Watchwoman, Sheila Zelinsky. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this Wednesday, June 3rd, 2015 edition of the Sheila Zelinsky Show. Folks, I broadcast Monday to Friday right here on Worldwide Christian Radio and WINB. So a shout out to the listeners there and to the new listeners listening in from England today and to all of you who are tuning in from across the globe. Folks, I'm just waiting for my guest to join me and an incredible guest I have today. And I have to say this, I am completely stunned and overwhelmed at the outpouring of support and prayers and emails and letters and donations I've received. I am halfway to my goal and it's only Wednesday. I have a total of $3,590 that has come in. I had no idea how appreciated and loved and admired I was. Some of your emails brought tears to my eyes, and you are my real family, and I sincerely thank everyone for this incredible response. I am just so thankful for that, and I want to say God bless you all. I have prayed over every donation, whether it was $5 to $500. I got a $500 donation from Jeff E. out of Monroe, L.A. A big shout out to you and a big hug all the way to California for you for doing that, sir. God bless you. I have wonderful listeners who really stepped up to the plate, and I appreciate it very much. I mean, how can I possibly leave the air after this? So after a lot of prayer, I've made a decision in faith, regardless of what happens by Friday, I am definitely staying on the air, even if I have to drive a cab at night to support my venture. But anyway, folks, thank you for that. Folks, I am very excited to have on my next guest. It's his first time on the broadcast and hopefully one of many more to come. I've been watching this man for the last decade. He was one of the very few pastors speaking out back then. It is such an honor to welcome Pastor James David Manning. He is the pastor of Atla World Missionary Church in New York City. I knew when I heard him thundering away on topics such as the race card, abortion, homosexuality, and the criminal acts of one jihadist in chief the commie himself aka 
Bathhouse Barry Satoro. I knew he was my kind of guy. Pastor Manning, it is an honor. Welcome to the program, sir. Well, the honor is all mine, quite frankly, uh, to be on the broadcast today. And uh, we've got serious issues that are going on in this nation with Bathhouse Barry, as you uh, have so accurately described him as. But thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate to be on the broadcast and sharing with your, your people today. Well, it's my pleasure, sir. I just really admire your work. I mean, look at these sci-fi headlines. You've got Bruce, call me Caitlyn Jenner. There's a new stunning headline over at Prison Planet. Liberals worship Caitlyn Jenner as transgender goddess. And I'm not even going to repeat some of the things people have tweeted about good old worship the goddess Caitlyn Jenner. I mean, if that is not bad enough, a feminist clergy within the Church of England yesterday announced she wants to change God to a she. You know, it's not bad enough. We have the Queen James Bible. We've got now Reverend Christopher Bennock, the Associate Pastor of Family Ministries Mission at First Presbyterian Church in Fort Lauderdale, saying Christians need to embrace transhumanism. If it's not good old John the Apostate MacArthur telling people, hey, it's fine to take the mark of the beast, you'll still be redeemed. These idiots promulgating this transgendered, transhumanism, and now transabled, the new perversion of chopping off your limbs because, hey, it's trendy. I will play a clip at the end of the show of Alex Jones breaking this down for us. It is the transgendered, transhumanism, transabled trifecta from the pits of hell here and of course you throw in the mix that the bible is hate speech now where do we start with all this pastor manning well i i think the 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 effort to change the biblical language from a masculine or male point of view in the bible has been around for some time i know more than 35 years ago when i was in seminary uh, there was a big student movement in fact many of the seminarian students women and men would not refer to God in the male gender. They kept calling God Mother God and our mother who art in heaven. So that, that which almost landed me in jail because, I mean, I was just fairly ticked off at the blasphemy that was being espoused by these students. But the other thing with, that we find now with this transgender, it's not enough that people would uh, have this burning in their flesh for the same sex which is beyond perverted, but now it has gone to celebrating the transgender. That is the, the changing of your God-given, God-designated, if you will, equipment uh, to fit another ideal. In order for us to appreciate this, there are two things that we must be clear about and why this is spreading so rapidly. Number one is that this is demon-inspired, is what it is. It's the only way a person that is a male can begin to perceive themselves as a female is that some spirit that would take over their faculties yes. and subdue their understanding and force them into an ideology that is false and unreal. And that's what demons do. And on the same topic of demons, we have to realize while sodomy has, when I say sodomy, I mean lesbos, fags, dykes, transgenders, you name it. That sodomy covers all of it. So when I say sodomy I, and demons, we have to also recognize in the same breath that while it's been around for a long time, it has never uh, been celebrated the way it's celebrated now. 
uh, and with such celebration, they can't just simply be sat satisfied with their own uh, self of, uh, sense of identity. They are now persecuting anybody that, that disagrees with them. It doesn't matter whether you're a preacher using the Bible. You are no longer in any kind of an authority to make statements of justice or what is true and prudent about them. So we need to understand that. And Obama is integral, bathhouse buried, this quasi-Muslim freak, this half-breed, this vice president of both death and hell, Obama has lifted this out of the toilet and into the mainstream where now everybody's running around as if we discovered the cure for cancer, stroke, heart <laughs> attack, and everything else all in one fell swoop. And America's free from all sicknesses now. This is the way they're celebrating this debauchery. Celebrating debauchery. Who would have ever thought those two words would go even in the same sentence? And the troubling part of it is anyone who questions the official narrative is always, well, even jailed. Listen to this headline. A senator is using RICO laws to prosecute global warming skeptics. So a senator from Rhode Island offered a suggestion for dealing with global warming skeptics. He wants to use RICO laws to prosecute skeptics. There's that word skeptics. You can't be a skeptic. You can't be a denier. How dare you question the official story of anything? What are you, a conspiracy theorist? On a few blogs, I myself, you'll get a kick out of this, I'm touted as a climate denier and I should be jailed because I rant against these unsavory charlatans promulgating the global warming mantra. And of course, my book exposes it that we are given the great goddess Gaia of fever here, folks. You know, so I'm a denier and it's the same term like birther. Anyone who questions the official narrative is marginalized, demonized, ridiculed. So it's really Hegelian dialect meets Cloward and Piven here, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, you know, the this this climate change business is Al Gore's second buffoon statement. <laughs> First one was the invention of the invention of the Internet. Right. Uh, it's also invented climate change. Both of them are utterly preposterous. But I think that I, I go out to, uh, to Glacier National Park from time. I've been out there for several years. I enjoy that park. I love going out there. It's near the Canadian border, not too far from where you are. And Glacier National Park was created when the Ice Age that had long since been down into North America rescinded and created all those caverns, those canyons, and including many parts of the Rocky Mountains, the Sierra Nevadas. So we have continual, if you will, planet changing, but it isn't because of the human experience, because there were very few humans, if any humans at all, when Glacier was first put in place. That's just one mild argument. The other argument is common sense, that this is a moneymaker, it's nothing more than a shakedown by scientists and others who figure they can put a tax on the release of certain toxins in the air and then makes other people pay uh, higher prices for products that allegedly release these toxins into the air. It's a shakedown. It's all a con job. Well, and you know, what's amazing to me in all of this, Pastor, is that 
they have demonized CO2. The EPA got it regulated as a deadly pollutant. So CO2, the very God-given natural byproduct that is essential for life on this planet, has been demonized as a deadly pollutant. Now, it went from global warming to climate change to climate disruption, and now Al Gore calls it. We're in a climate crisis. But I got a newsflash for you folks. The climate's been changing since God created the firmament. So, you know, let's get over it. But, you know, one of the things I'm really concerned about right now with, of course, martial law looming, switching gears a little bit. When you think about martial law, and you think about never in the history of our country have we faced so many destructive threats at the same time. America's never had leadership that has failed to completely handle every single threat facing the country. And if Obama wasn't, this is a family show, so I'll just say inept people ever to hold office. Obviously, he knows he's unpopular with the military. He's had to find a different way to institute martial law through a civilian national security force. And it is quite stunning with all these. I mean, forget all these executive orders. But the bottom line is when you sort of take a culmination of everything he's doing, then you throw in the mix. Our borders are wide open. We've got ISIS threats and throw into that this jade helm. I mean, this really is a recipe for disaster. And if he implements martial law, does that mean that he can essentially stay as president? I mean, that's a nightmare. Well, I have stated, Sheila, from the very beginning, first of all, I reeled and cried to the top of my voice, do not elect this man and do not allow this illegal trashing of the Constitution go forward. People did it. But I also stated today on the broadcast I did earlier this morning that Texas is ground zero for Jade Helm. As you know, they've, they've moved into Texas. They're allegedly during their practice maneuvers for the good of all Americans there in Texas. Texas has long since been in the eyes of many of these oligarchs and these communists and fascists that are running our government right now and trashing our constitution. Texas has been a trouble sore spot. And I, I believe that Jade Helm is po- poised in Texas to take down Texas and Oklahoma, which is number two. Then you got Louisiana, Arkansas, and New Mexico is not really a threat. But the, the deal is this, is that uh, I'm not sure exactly what's going to trigger it. And I'm not absolutely clear about the maniacal ideal of, of martial law to, to beyond the trashing of the Constitution that these demons would want to put in place. I don't really see their future picture, but I can I can tell you this. I have always stated that Obama's not going to leave office in 26, first I said 2012, and then 2016. I just don't see it. I mean, why would he? And why should he? Uh, there are several things, and I don't want to just slam everybody and paint everybody with one broad brush, but the American people have become so dumbed down and allowing the Constitution to be trashed, they have gone way off the charts on being racially guilty about slavery and about the the, the self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head that the erroneously identifying African-American or black people do to themselves routinely. I mean, that no one could dream up as being barbaric, as barbaric about against black people as they are against themselves. And, and then you got these liberals out there thinking that somehow or another throwing more money Money at the process and putting them on television or giving them some sort of office or something is going to solve the problem. And as a result of that, they, you know, they're afraid to say anything against Obama, though he's trashing the Constitution. I, I, listen, I, where I am, 
I, I, I certainly wouldn't leave office. Why should you? Why would you? You know, just just create martial law and, and just hold a fort until sometime in the 2025, something like that. Well, you touched on something very interesting here, and you touched on the raised card, and we've always got these guys like Jesse the Hack Jackson and Al the Charlatan Sharpton. You know, look at the Church of Oprah. That woman is a devil. There are many ways to God. Well, and it's just like Oprah. Racism will end when all the old white people die. And if you don't think that old white people should die, well, then you're a racist, because... What could be more racist than planning a post-racial utopia that depends on people of a certain race dying? I mean, this whole race card is really just one gigantic divide-and-conquer strategy, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and, of course, you know, how it is that people can sit in their homes and watch Oprah Winfrey, especially, and then get up and go to church on Sunday is beyond me. <laughs> when it's already stated that there's another way other than Jesus. He's just one of many ways. Uh, and that she has established this religion. I've, I've called her the great whore of Babylon. And she is that, if not a whole lot more. More baffling than Bathhouse Barry is the American public that is allowing this to go on. And I think the other thing I wanted to say, most of this is happening, Sheila, because the church has lowered her standards, have retreated from the strength of preaching the word of God, have gone out the filthy lucre and mammon and popularity and money. And as a result of that, all these things are now taking their positions uh, without the musical chairs music. I mean, they're just everywhere you look now. It's absolutely unbelievable. And advancing at such a rapid pace, you can hardly keep up with. I mean, you got this Bruce Jenner grandpa who's now grandma in a swimsuit, for crying out loud. I mean, this is absolutely preposterous that this is happening. But, you know, Oprah, Whoopi Goldberg with her ugly self, she sends a you know, a, a congratulation to this to this man. I mean, is it is this insanity or what? It, it is insanity, and the church should be descending on DC like a swarm of mad locusts. But instead, of, like I say, it's always crickets chirping in the pulpit. The truth is, Pastor, that the churches in the West, the religious leadership, they have been shamefully silent on this all-out war on God, the widespread persecution of our Christian brothers, the butchering of our brethren, the, you touched on it, the vehement extirpation of our true Christian values is just grotesquely sickening. And while our brothers are being tortured and raped and beheaded in droves, instead of these atrocities consuming the pews of the churches in the West, well, it's crickets chirping or it's, well, you should just be naming it and claiming it like good old Creflo dollar bill there with his, you know, <laughs> So into my big planes, trains, and automobiles. While the land of the free is being pillaged and plundered, and the home of the brave is spiraling out of control towards a nightmare crash and burn scenario, the maniacal globalists ramping up their tyranny, and yet the churches are in a coma. What is going on here? Well, you, you, you made mention of it about a few minutes ago where you stated that preaching the Bible is now considered hate speech. I got, I'll go you one further on that one. Actually, hate speech would not be quite so bad. They're going to make it. Joe Biden said uh, last week uh, in a public statement that Christians are violating the rights of the sodomy crowd. Right. And that it is criminal speech. It is criminal what comes out of the Bible. If you preach it 
is criminal. Joe Biden is now, he is the alleged vice president. You better believe he, he's a front man for Obama. When Obama wants to release something, such as when Obama was now was prepared uh, to solemnize uh, same-sex unions, I don't call them marriages, he sent Joe Biden, Joe to breakdance Biden out first uh, to act as if he made a gaffe and made a misstatement. Then Obama came and cleaned it up and said, well, that's how it is. The very fact that, that Biden has come out and stated that it is criminal to preach the Bible because it violates the rights of these, these perverts, these deviants, beyond deviants, you can bet your bottom dollar that it won't be long now after the Supreme Court renders their decision this month and we get announced at some point in time that preaching the Bible will be in, indeed criminal. Um, and at that point in time, you're going to find people moving further and further away from the traditional preaching of the word of God. It's coming because Joe Biden has said it. He, he says it first and then Obama comes and cleans it up. And then you've got the Supreme Court and, and all these other, uh, if you will, Pollyanna Christians and, and the Supreme Court justices and politicians who say, well, again, that's right. We need to have equality. And, and you know what I get a lot, Sheila? I get a lot of people saying, how on earth could you as a black man not understand what we're going through. You people went through this and look how you retreated. And thank God you had the civil rights. How could you, I can't understand why you don't sympathize and support this because you people went through that. You know, I don't carry a gun or anything and I stand my distance when people say, so that when I swing, I'll purposely miss them. But that's what I get. <laughs> Well, and here's the thing. I do not condone these people that absolutely treated black people atrociously back in the day. When I look back on footage and see, oh, the coloreds, they sit over there. That boils my blood. The KKK, they're just straight from the pit of hell. This white supremacist eugenics thing is an absolute nightmare. And we have come a long way and thank God for people like Dr. Martin Luther King. But I really believe that God is colorblind. So when it comes to race, creed, color, we are all brothers and sisters in the Lord. We've come a long way, but we still have a ways to go. But we are so out of control right now with everything that's culminating and, and everything's flipped on its head. And, it, you know, the devil is always trying to counterfeit everything that God does. And one of the biggest atrocity right now is the people that are just sucking back this Rick Chriswam Warren and all hail the Colgate smiling mega preachers. And listen to this. Galatians one eight tells us very clearly, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you, let him be accursed. Look at the absolute disgusting mantras. I mean, Joel, I don't preach on sin or repentance. Osteen, I mean, what is going on in this pulpit across the West here? Well, yeah, there, there are a couple of things. One is, is that the civil rights issue, I, I grew up in Jim Crow, North Carolina. I drank from a colored water fountain. I graduated from a segregated high school. Uh, I went through that experience. I grew up on what was, for all intents and purposes, a 20th century plantation. Um, but I got to tell you, that the civil rights issue that the their people are harping back to wasn't 
um, as great. And I still, I, for me, the jury is 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 out, or there is there is not a verdict of good for the civil rights issue. Let me tell you why. Because once that movement got started, and I've warned the sodomites they're going to face the same kind of music. Once that movement got started, families, though we though there was segregation and, and many problems that I believe would have worked themselves out eventually, like everything else has worked themselves out, where we've gone from a cord telephone hooked into a wire with an operator that you had to talk to to in a place of call to a cell phone where you, you don't you don't even know who's listening to what happening, but. I think these the problems would work. The segregation issues would work themselves out. However, what we have now realized is that churches that have been traditionally preaching the word of God stopped preaching God's word and then tried to emulate both Dr. King and Malcolm X and the social civil rights movement, which was not about the word of God, but was about a social movement. And as a result of that, you now have the millennials and many of the generational X that don't know the word of God. You know the word of God. You understand that. But you have people walking into Joel Osteen, Howdy Doody's church down in Houston and that Rick Warren out there in California and Kenneth Copeland and Dollar Bill Creflo. They don't know the word of God. They all they hear is prosperity. They think the Bible is about prosperity and about having a wonderful life, a better life than tomorrow. There is a mock, marked difference between what was the tr preaching of the word of God up until the civil rights movement and the prosperity movement. But these young people, they don't know God's word. And all they know is what they're presently hearing from these insidious pulpits. And so therefore, we, that's why these movements are spreading like wildfire. And the pastors or preachers or people that do know the word of God are afraid to stand up and preach it. I mean, what you're doing right now certainly doesn't gain you a lot of friends. No. I mean, it doesn't make you a very popular person. You're not as popular as Oprah. I mean, people listen to you and think you're just racist. You don't like Oprah because she's got a bigger audience than you. That's what they'll tell you. And that's why you run this, this old-time religion business. It's amazing to me. I was listening to a clip earlier this week, and Osteen, not only does he tell people that he's not called to preach, listen, you preach the full counsel of God or you get out of that pulpit. And Osteen was telling people in an interview, he was saying, you know, I don't feel like I'm called to preach on sin. And I, I, I just couldn't believe it. You know, in his own words, and it's always I'm coming up higher, you know, because that's what Jesus said, go into all the earth and come up higher. Like, here's a big problem I have. I'm tired of hearing all these people equating blessings with riches. Oh, I got a new car. I'm so blessed. Oh, I got a raise. I'm blessed. I got a brand new house. I'm blessed. Material fortune as the result of God God's blessing really to me it reduces God to some skybound wish granting bellhop who bestows cash and cars upon his followers and the thing is is that nowhere in scripture are we promised worldly ease in return for our pledge for faith in fact on the contrary the most devout saints from the early church as you know died penniless with a one-way ticket to prison or death by torture so really if we look at being blessed and what that looks like by definition Jesus really spells it out clearly in Matthew 5 1 through 12 blessed are the poor in spirit and he goes on there and I sometimes wonder has Kenneth Copeland read Matthew 5, 1 through 12. Now, I'm not saying these guys didn't start out good, but they are a bunch of unsavory, false preachers, and I'm just calling it like it is. Well, I think if you read Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, you will see the, the first example, well, I should say the second example, 
given that is now being promoted in these churches. You know, you got power, you God's son, turn the stones into bread, throw yourself off of the temple. You got power, the angels are there to serve you in any way you want. They won't let you dash your foot against a stone. And by the way, bow down to some of these traditions here on earth and serve me and I'll give you the kingdoms of the world. Well, that's what they're preaching. That's exactly what they're touting. And of course, uh, the, the first effort of this, uh, Satan's first appearance, was to Eve telling her that she could have power, that she could be blessed, and that she could, you know, that all these wonderful things that she would desire, couldn't imagine what they would have been, that she could have them. And she went for it. So it, it, he hasn't really changed his stripes. The audience has changed a bit. And then the other thing is that uh, I, I was in a conference going back in the, uh, I guess it was the early 80s, and John Olsteen was in preaching in that conference. And I was there, I think of some place in Oklahoma, I'm not sure, maybe Phoenix. And John Olsteen got up and lamented. He said his daughter uh, is the head of his youth ministry because his son is just no good. He said he took his son on a trip to India. This was during the time when the Maharajas and a mythological person had a hundred Rolls Royce and he'd come to America and he was mesmerized. And, and he said he took his son to India and all his son wanted to meet was this, this Maharaja guy, the guy with a hundred Rolls Royce. Now, I speak this as the absolute word of truth. I lie to you not. That's what John Olsteen said about his son. He said his son was no good. So he had to put his daughter in charge of the youth ministry of the church. And now Joel has got the church and he's now the new Maharaja with one of the Rolls Royces and trying to tell everybody else they can have the same thing. He's preaching that same, if you will, mystical garbage that came out of India. Yes. I, I, I absolute truth, Sheila. I heard the man say this myself, and he was ticked off with his son too, by the way. <laughs> well, the word blessed has been hijacked to fit neatly into our Western culture, creating some kind of name it and claim it cosmic lottery. The blessing is, to me, knowing a God who gives hope to the hopeless, a God who loves the unlovable, a God who sets the afflicted free and transforms red letters, Trump's Osteen and Copeland. And for that matter, they're back on their 40 days of prosperity. I mean, Pastor, why not spend 40 days in Matthew 5 or Matthew 4? And for that matter, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteous sake. Because they are possessed. They are possessed. They have an insatiable appetite for greed. They're all in competition with themselves. I look at people who earn millions and millions and millions of dollars, and yet they're looking to earn millions and millions more. I mean, how much money does it take for you to be able to live? You know, what do you want to do, buy up the entire earth? These people, while I will not pray for them, one, following the train of thought that I'm about to pre present, might argue, well, then why don't you pray for them? But i got to tell you, these people are sick. They're absolutely sick. They are perverting the truth. They are lying. They are, they are about the business of, 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 of robbing people. And, and, I, and the other side of this is that I, when one would say, why don't you pray for them? Because they really don't have the clarity uh, Sheila, that you and I have. They don't have that freedom. They, they don't have a warmth and a peace uh, and a blessed assurance of, of Christ Jesus and his blood. They don't have that. But the other part of that, the other side of that, are the people that go to Joel Osteen's church. I mean, they're as greedy 
as a bunch of whores in a Texas whorehouse. They go there purpose. They don't go there to be saved. They don't go there to, to be about charitable acts. They don't go there about humility. They go there to figure out what can I bamboozle out of God? What can I hold up the Bible and tell God I'm do this, I'm do a new car? Uh, what can I tell? That's why they go there. Joel Osteen and, and Creflo Dollar Bill could not operate were it not for a greedy group of people who are insane uh, with their own personal lust and desires. And so we got to switch it both ways, not just to talk about these, these charlatans, but to talk about these people that go there and make these charlatans powerful. Well, you're right, because I always say if people really knew the word of God, they would not be sitting in those pews. The cotton candy church, as I call it, is so, as you said, dumbed and numbed that all they can really do is regurgitate that Osteenian mantra of I'm blessed, I'm prosperous, every day's a Friday, I'm highly favored, I'm coming up higher. His new book is selling like hotcakes. You can, you will. And of course, it's, you know, you're created to be a winner, Pastor Manning. So, you know, if you get these eight principles deep down and inside of you, every day can be a Friday. I mean, it's just so unbelievable that, you know, there's nothing about taking up your cross daily or godly sorrow or dying to self or preaching about sin. There really is a famine in the land for the word of God and throw in the mix the New World Order Bible translations, the ESV, the NIV, the HIV, the SUV. I mean, really, seriously, the message Bible? <laughs> the HIV? <laughs> You know, the, the, the matter here, as we look globally now and we look at the fast-moving blasphemies that are taking place and how quickly the Bible itself will be outlawed, uh, when we consider what happened in Ireland last week with a nation voting 62% yes. to sanction and to decree and declare same-sex marriages as the law of the land. I think we have to look also not just at the Olsteins, but we got to look at the Catholic Church uh, and we got to look at what's happening with that organization. President Bergoglio stating that he's not and would not judge anybody. <laughs> and then we, and, and so therefore, and, and also further stating that sodomites bring gifts to the church and we should welcome them. We should invite them in. We should not condemn them, which is heresy, which is actually blasphemy. Absolutely. We're looking at, you know, my, my concern now is how soon do we prepare, first of all, for martial law in America? Because there, there is no way of unraveling this snowball that's rolling down the hill without martial law. There, 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 there is no way that bathhouse Barry, there's no way he and his cohorts are going to be satisfied with the amount of power that they have. Because to some degree, they still recognize that you have power, that your broadcast has power. You may not be Oprah Winfrey, but in a real sense, you're more powerful than she is. Because the Bible says one can chase a thousand and two can chase ten thousand. I gotta tell you, the 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 sickness of these people like Obama and and what's happening in Europe uh, with the Islamic takeover, the Islamification, the Sharia law, that at at some point these forces are gonna reach what I would uh, I believe what we're at now is the event horizon to use an astrological uh, astrological term. Uh, we are at a point now where they're going to have to create martial law in order to be able to maintain power and control. 
you know, the, the, the philosopher said many moons ago that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And effective what he's saying is that nobody is ever quite who's in power is ever quite content with the amount of power that they have. So they continue to move. Then you've got all these other forces. You've got ISIS that's now on the prowl. You've got the Islamic world. You've got Saudi Arabia that has billions of dollars but no real militant force. You've got ISIS looking at Saudi Arabia and all their wealth. Uh, and at some point in time, these people are all going to start fighting one another. And the way to contain that here in America is to, is to call for martial law, the disarming of everybody, rationing of food, the complete takeover of the Internet. Why should they need the Patriot Act when they can shut down the Internet and you can't communicate anymore? Yeah. My statement is this. Let's get as much truth out as we possibly can while we can. And, and people need to record things on things that cannot be confiscated immediately by the government. But I got to say this. Anyone who thinks that we're not going to face some very dark days of government control, jack booted thugs on the street, you, you're not thinking clearly. You just aren't thinking clearly. So I, our best thing to do is to try to prepare people as much as we possibly can and wake them up. But the other thing is that the American people are, are dumber than dumb. They still believe that somehow or another the next presidential election is going to change all of this. I mean, they still believe in Cinderella. Yeah, it's unbelievable that they're just in a stupor. People, it's time to get serious with your walk with God. It's time to get in your prayer closet. Of course, I love what Coach Dave Dobmeyer is doing there June 14th. And folks, put that on your calendar. June 14th is a day of solemn prayer in D.C. We're going to be getting on our faces and standing in the gap, repenting for the nations based on Second Chronicles 7.14. Hey, forget your 50 caliber. God talks about what our weapons of warfare are, and it is very crucial that we get into that prayer closet and get serious. Pastor Manning, I know you've got to go. It is such an absolute pleasure to have you on the program. Please do give out your website for the listeners. I'll do that, but please, uh, please accept my apologies for taking so long to arrange this um, uh, this interview. Someone called Elizabeth the other day and said, "Tell Pastor Manning, please slow down, please, please, please yeah. slow down. We want him to stay around for a little bit longer. And at the rate he's going, he's just not going to make it." I got to tell you, my schedule is absolutely unbelievable. I start my day at three o'clock in the morning for the most part. And, uh, you know, being a pastor of a church and running the ministry and having a school and, and having a connect with the people that I'm the pastor of, it, they're not just people that come and sit. We, there is an ongoing relationship. And then there is the passion that we have for what's happening in our nation uh, just keeps me extremely, extremely busy. Um, I just bitterly apologize for not having had this happen in a much sooner time. But I, I'll tell you this. Uh, that this will certainly not be the last time. And uh, I'd like to have you come on our broadcast as well. I want to have Elizabeth kind of put that together for us. First of all, invite me back again. Please do that. And, and please give me some time to organize and get it together and say, yes, I'll be willing uh, to, to have that happen. Please, please, please have me come back again. Now, having said that, uh, our website is otlaw.org. We're in New York City, but we're in, we're in the part of the city of New York known as Harlem. We're just a couple of blocks away from 123rd Street. We're three blocks as the crow flies from the Apollo Theater, the world-famed Apollo Theater. Uh, and I've been here for 30 years. It's hostile territory. 
I, I now call New York City Sodomite City. The other day, two Sodomites walked up in front of our church and tongue kissed one another oh. right in front of the church. Um, the WPIX Channel 11 News, a local New York uh, news channel, came and knocked on our door and asked me to come outside. They wanted to talk to me with their cameras rolling. Uh, five lesbians were outside the church who attacked me uh, as being a hater, something wrong with me, declaring that all the other churches in this community is going along with it. What's wrong with me? Why am I the only one holding out? Not to mention the racism and all the love for Obama, people that love Obama more than they could even think about loving Jesus, and we're standing here. So we have to deal with that constantly, uh, and we give God the praise and the glory for giving us protection to have that happen. But we've changed the name of Harlem to Atla, all the land anointed holy, recognizing that we need to get men back in their homes, taking care of their children, Amen. out of the streets, off of drugs, stop making all these babies making all these women pregnant and going down the street and making the woman down the street pregnant and not taking care of any of them. So that's a large part of what we do. Uh, you can go to our website at atla.org. That's A-T-L-A-H.org. That's A-T-L-A-H.org. And through that, you can find out about you know how to contact us, how to listen to our reports, how to listen to our preaching uh, that we do from the pulpit. And in our schools and everything else that we do. So th that would be the contact, atla.org, A-T-L-E-H. Well, sir, you do slow down, and we will be lifting you up in prayer. And praise the Lord for what you do. I thank you personally for what you do. And you're a very bold man of God. And thank God for men like you, sir, because I'll tell you what, with all these transgenders floating around, you know, we really do need men to grab a backbone. And you have one made out of titanium. <laughs> So God bless you, sir. And I cannot wait till our next program. We'll make it soon. <laughs> okay, we'll make it soon. <laughs> Folks, that was James David Manning, the pastor at Atla World Missionary Church. His information is linked there at weekendvigilante.com. And you can find his handiwork at atla.org, A-T-L-A-H.org. Again, Dr. James David Manning. Tomorrow we have on the program the always funny, entertaining, and highly controversial Pastor Stephen Anderson. You know him very well. He's been on the show before. And Friday, I can't wait, Pastor David Langford. And folks, again, thank you for everybody that really stepped up to the plate. I love you guys so much, and I thank you for that. Folks, I never even heard of Transabled till yesterday when Alex Jones broke this down. It really is the new trendy liberal perversion. So I do tell you now, please do not let children listen to this. And it is does contain a lot of graphic language around what's happening with this agenda. So I'm just giving you a fair warning. The content may not be suitable for everyone. So I just want to give you fair warning that it is, it's really sick. So, but anyway, I'll leave you with that and good night and God bless. All right. Uh, earlier at the start of the broadcast, if you just joined us, I, I talked about a story out of the National Post, the big national paper of Canada out of Ottawa, their capital, becoming disabled by choice, not chance, transabled people, learn that term, your children will be taught about it, and they'll come to you and say they want their fingers and arms chopped off, and, and legs chopped off, I'm, I'm not joking, and if you don't let them, the state will hover in and say that you're abusing your children and will take them from you. This is actually what I'm predicting 10 years from now, maybe even five. Becoming disabled by choice, not chance, transabled people 
feel like imposters in their own fully working bodies. And it was about, I don't know, 12, 13 years ago, I, I don't buy tickets to South by Southwest, but I was invited to go down as media and, and see some of the films. So I just randomly had a you know pass I'd been given, and I went in to one uh, that was about, uh, I'm forgetting the name of it, but we were able to Google it and find it, a nugget porn. Uh, basically, is one of the terms used, but it's the people that have their arms and legs chopped off. I mean, you never stop. Uh, and then they usually commit suicide after that because they're into death, they're into being helpless, and it's a sexual perversion uh, that comes out of the, quote, gay community. But nothing can be perverse out of the gay community, I'm sorry. Uh, so it's the new wondrous thing. Uh, they also uh, shoot each other with 357 magnums and blow big holes in each other uh, and then uh, try to mutilate the wounds so they're big and ugly. Um, and then do things with the wounds. Um, I mean, but, but but notice the rollout of it is it's a wonderful new thing. There are these poor victims, and they just have the opposite of the syndrome where you can't feel your arms or your legs. Well, here, they just don't feel connected to them. They just don't feel like they're part of their body. It's oppressing them, and they're transabled by becoming disabled. Uh, they also, for 20-something years, have bug chasers. Men who go around wanting to get HIV or hepatitis. And then you have the men that give it to them uh, where, where men will go. I mean, you can read the Rolling Stone article about it and others and have like 50 guys line up and uh, hoping to catch some diseases. And then if you don't like that and don't want your five-year-old taught about it, again, you, you, you hate the gay people. And this is where decadent, collapsing societies go. And then they sell tolerance and then it never ends. Uh, so um, it goes on to say, becoming disabled by choice, not chance, transabled people feel like imposters in their fully working bodies. Again, parental discretion is advised. This is part of the Humanities series uh, to learn the wonderful humanities. Uh, when he cut off his right arm, very sharp power tool, a man who now calls himself one-handed Jason, let everyone believe it was an accident. But he had for months tried different means of cutting or crushing the limb that never quite felt like his own training himself on first aid so he wouldn't bleed to death, even practicing on animal parts sourced from a butcher. So see, you're not Jeffrey Dahmer-esque. No, you're an artist. My goal was to get the job done with no hope of reconstructing or reattaching. So he should have gone and helped people in charity. He should have gone and climbed mountains. He should have joined a boxing club. But no, it's the dark side of rights inflation. Why activists should reject the impulse to frame all grievances as human rights. And that's because they are now pushing it as a right in Germany. East German sex spies tunigate and crack everything you need to know about Canada's scandalous history. And then it breaks it all down. It says his goal was to become disabled. Now, they're rolling out a cutesy case for you and then posing it like, should this be a new right and a new cool thing we pay for? Like sex changes. Hey, you want to get a sex change? That's your issue. I shouldn't have to pay for your elective medical procedures. Oh my gosh, you hate women. No, I don't. I'm sick of paying for everything. Here in the office, I was back in the back having a debate with folks saying, no, this is not something where people just, just don't recognize their body parts. That's the cover. This is actually a sicko movement that's into mutilation and is generally sexually uh, connected. And Matt goes, oh yeah, I knew guys going to college. They were into nugget porn. I went, that's right.
That's how the people make money on the side that are when you live in a box with your arms and legs cut off and your and your perv daddy, that's what they call him, I guess, comes over and, 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 and does things to you and, and then puts diapers on you. And, and I'm sorry to talk like this, folks, but we're not going to let them roll this out up front as cute and fun to sell it to our kids, just like they sell Prozac and Ritalin. We're going to destroy it up front. You probably have never heard me talk about nugget porn or transabled. That's not the name of it. By the people that practice it. That's the new politically correct term to push it. But we're covering it now because we have to, because they're getting ready to roll it out worldwide as the new perversion. Because once they can destabilize your central nervous system to accept things that aren't natural, the globalists can push their other agendas once you don't have any morals or murring. This is a scientific takeover plan. Oh, you're just not cool. You don't like to chop your fingers and then your arm off. And, you know, you don't think it's sexy to cook your own arm and eat it. That's also part of this whole genre. Out of Hellraiser, out of Dante's you know, Night Circle, the Canadian News is reporting on the National Post. They want you to pay to have their arms and legs cut off. That way it's done properly and done by professionals. Now, in case you think I'm lying, as everyone I mentioned this, people don't believe me. We'll put it on screen for TV viewers. Rolling Stone on bug chasers. Just type in men who are in search of death. Cover story. Rolling Stone, 2003. I covered it 20 years ago. People who want to get HIV, who want to have solidarity with folks that have it, and, and, and then they, they get it, and then they become givers. And people sign contracts so they can't be indicted because it's a felony to obviously give somebody HIV if you know you've got it and you don't tell them. And it's like, please give me the gift. Oh, it's so trendy. This is what happened in every society that got decadent where there was too much food, too much water, too much freedom. Six societies form that demand unlimited everything from the productive and then the productive that, you know, never get women who never get tired of their husband. Men who love their wives, people that, you know, I never get sick of a Dos Equis lager and cheese enchiladas or fajitas. I know folks that are like, I got to go have escargot or I got to go have Carzu Marzu, you know, that the rich people pay $1,000 a plate for in New York. Uh, that's uh, maggots in rotting cheese. I've been in New York restaurants when I've been up there and well-to-do folks have invited me out to dinner. And I've seen Carzu Marzu on the special little insert as by the way they got illegal stuff in new york that's human bones out of catacombs that they fly in out of italy the mafia does i forget the name of it and they boil it in a delicious soup you know what i don't think i'm gonna have the human bone soup you know what i'm not gonna have the maggot cheese i think i'm going to have the uh veal piccata and then people's like oh that's a baby cow how evil of you the point is see how the mindset is twisted where anything sick or degenerate is automatically elevated. Oh, you just don't get it. Oh, no, I get it. I get it. It's not like I lived some repressed lifestyle growing up in Dallas, Texas in the 80s and 90s. That's what this is about. That's why gay men have the lowest life expectancy of anyone in the world. In the world. People say, oh, it's because it's not accepted. It's because they're not liked. No, it's because it's a nihilistic party culture. The wages of sin are death. What was that headline from Rolling Stone? In search of death, wanting to get HIV, wanting to get hepatitis, wanting to chop your arms and legs off, wanting to live 20 years. I was reading this one article about one of these guys living in a box. They like to be walled off in a box except when their, their owner shows up 
to to change them and feed them and rape them and, and, and you know, all the rest of it. And then usually the abuse gets bad where they'll be left for days. And then they beg and wiggle around in their own excrement. I'm sorry to be gross, folks, but let's just get all this out in the open. And then, and then beg to be taken care of. And then finally, their lover, close quote, leaves them to die with flies all over them in their closet, in their, in their basket, in their cardboard box. And now taxpayers, just like I've got to pay for abortions if I live in Travis County, Austin, Texas, Chopping babies up is liberal and trendy. Well, now chopping your own arms and legs off is trendy. Oh, oh, it's makers of crush porn videos in Philippines sentenced to life in prison. There you go. Crush porn. A tiny kitty or puppy, you kill it. And, and you know, when we ran into those uh, commies, they were just like, I kill my kids. I love it. It's like this, I can hurt little things. I've got power. There's nothing you can do. And again, folks, fighting this almost promotes it. But I've told you there's stuff a lot worse than what we talk about on air. That's some of it. And then it just gets worse. Uh, they've had famous cases in Europe. I'll have Watson write a new article just boiling it all down. In England, in France, in the Netherlands, in Finland, in just all those countries where they'll find a dungeon under some police chief's house, you know, with, with 18 skeletons of two-year-olds in it and, and some two- and three-year-olds in cages that weigh one-half what they should and satanic pentagrams. I mean, you know, it's just... That's who runs things, okay? And, and then you look over here, with all the pedophiles in Congress, this is what they're into. They, they look at Marilyn Monroe, and she's, she's disgusting. And they think we're bad because we like Marilyn Monroe. They look at a horse or a, or a, or a, a, a dismembered body uh, or a child uh, or a dead animal, and they see beauty because they are demons. Jimmy Savelle, best friends with the... Prince of Wales, highest level security clearance in the royal family, had necrophilic sex in the hospitals with the dead children and had a secret torture area for the little girls and the charity he ran. And while he raped them, he would tell them that Satan was going to inhabit them and suck their soul. And now they've declared national security because they're beginning to find the dead bodies. That's who's coming for you when they get your guns. That's who wants full control. And once they get a tyranny in place, they will do it to everybody. They want to pull down everything that's good. They want to destroy basic human liberty. They want to overturn everything wholesome. They are coming. They are coming. You think it's bad? You've seen nothing. This is only the enemy scouts we've already run into. We haven't even been hit by the center of their vanguard. And they all have that crazed look of Savelle. You want to know how he looks? If you're watching us on TV, put that headline back up there. Celebrities' arrest could soar after horrified police discover Jimmy Savelle's secret lair. And you see that look in his face? That's the trendy liberal. Hi. Oh, yes. Ooh. I want to help kids like the Sandusky Foundation with troubled little boys and girls. And, of course, Savelle was a big anti-gun guy and a, a big liberal because he really wants to help you and your family. What does Melissa Harris-Perry say on MSNBC? Your kids belong to us. <laughs> I'll get you and your little dog, too. And when I look at these people, I can see them. I know who they are. And they are just like the 18, 17-year-old women that would see the non-threatening Ted Bundy in his gray suit and his yellow Volkswagen going, hey, let's go have some ice cream. Let's go see a movie. You sure are a beautiful young lady. The back of his mind, I'm going to torture her for a month straight. I'm going to bite chunks out of her. I'm going to make her beg for her mommy and daddy. They're never coming. That's the music I like to hear.
So you just remember that. I've studied these psychopaths. I know them, and I'm the opposite of them. I am a sheepdog, 110%. I'm looking for other sheepdogs that want to take these people on and want to get in there politically with these wolves, and we will tear them down. We will destroy them. I have an instinct to nurture and build up the innocent. I have an instinct to smash the brains out of perverts, smash the brains out of pedophiles. Hanging's too good for them. And if you don't have that instinct to hate predators that want to feed on innocent, you're not alive.